Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So, uh, Caroline Flacky. I'm genuinely upset about it. I don't like I. I say I say upset. I just mean that it's that it's happened and it's happened in front of all of our eyes. Like we've just watched this last this poor lassie's downfall. No matter what she's done or regardless of what she's done, we've just watched that lassie go from nothing to celebrity to dead, and that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say I'm 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 really moved by it at all and by that I mean like I didn't really see it happening as such as the way that people like the like the Twitter's going mental the, the the media did this the media did this stop buying the sun and I'm like I'm like what I put up was if you don't know everything don't say anything I'm like you, you just don't know everything at all and people who aren't in the public eye who still kill themselves do you know what I mean so like this could have happened regardless of whatever's going on in the personal yeah. life um, you don't know when, so I'm saying you don't need to put in your to chime in your two cents whether you liked or not. You don't need to chime in your two cents whether you, you think that people having mental health problems is badly represented in, in society. It, of course, it is, but you don't need to come in with your you know your warrior words on on Twitter hashtag whatever you want to hashtag it. It's I just I think that do you know it's the same as the the whole like Meghan Markle debate they were having not that long ago about the, the media and the papers and what they think and people were posting screenshots of headlines and it was you could see it side to side one saying that um, when when Kate was pregnant Will's made her avocado and toast and it soothed her and the other one says Meghan Markle likes avocados is this fruit ruining the jungle you're like you're like well that's that's ridiculous that's complete comparison of the same paper looking at things completely differently it's almost like when you look at the same referees, like referee in a Celtic game, referee in a Rangers game, it's completely different the way they react. You know, it's but it's you, you just need to look at it and say what is the actual problem. And the killing fact part is that I think you know the, another thing they're saying is that the, the police should have stopped pushing the, the court case because she was mentally unstable. I think like you can't you can't do that either. You can't. The police can't just say, "Oh no, they might kill themselves." We just we need to let them after that crime they committed. You can't do that. That's a ridiculous conversation to have. That's not the conversation anybody should be having. The also the fact that it's not Love Island's fault. This is another thing. People scared of saying cancel Love Island. Not is this it. whole thing just to so you can defend fucking Love Island? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't actually know where I'm going. Mate. I don't want to sound as if I'm a, I'm a dick and I'm insensitive to the fact that a person has killed themselves because that's not the case at all. I didn't know her. It's not affected my life, but. I think it's it is kind of sad. It is sad. Like, and again, I wasn't reading the papers or the magazines that was saying it. But Lauren did say she's got a magazine up the stairs from like last week or the week before that's like saying Caroline Flack goes to the bank. Look how horrible she looks. Like something something is almost as <laughs> straight up like that. I thought that is pretty shitty. I know some of the media stuff was horrendous. The court case thing, we weren't there. What yeah. happens happens. That is a criminal thing. So, hey. <laughs> Like that, you can't just stop that yeah. happening. But the media, the media are shit. You have are such a hypocrite though, because you say if you don't know anything, don't say anything, and yet you do a podcast that you know fuck all about. See, I think <laughs> it's, you say things. I every think week. It's, I think it's a lot easier to say stuff out your mouth 
um, because then you can just be like, oh, I wasn't was thinking, if you type it, you can't just say, oh, I wasn't thinking when I said that. If you type it, you have thought about it a couple of times, even in words in your head. Fuck, that's the story we should have been talking about to start this podcast. Do you think in words or pictures? Too late now. Fucking hell. What episode is this? 119? Let's get it going. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode 118. Oh, shit. <laughs> Scott's one ahead, so not only is he totally ruined the introduction and started it off really, really fucking sadly, to be honest. Before we came on recording, we peeked behind the scenes. We said, right, have you got anything to start with? Scott said, I don't know, have you? And I said, well, to be honest, I'm probably going to talk about how I'm choking to get this episode finished quickly so I can eat my chicken Kiev. Lena's not in, and that's when I have my chicken Kievs, and I fucking love chicken Kievs, and I can't wait for it. I said, unless you've got something better. And Scott said, aye. I have got something better. <laughs> and I proceeded to go three minutes on a rant, which was nothing other than it's not Love Island's fault. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a bad, uh, ill ill advised in my part. I apologise for that. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Carly Flack. Sorry, you're dead. I'm not even further away <laughs> from, from that Kiev. Kiev than I was originally. <laughs> and I've had to think about something quite sad because it is sad. It's always sad when somebody takes their own life. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, yeah don't do it. Samaritans, uh, phone the Samaritans. Don't phone us. We're, we're not very good at it. <laughs> you can't, but in real life, if you want to message one of us, you can, and we'll try and help you. But if you do it like 10 times, eventually we're just going to just stop replying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, welcome to Scotland Lean vs. Evil, and it's episode 118, and it is my pick, so you know it's a belter. You've obviously watched it by now, because we put up Titties Tuesday last week. Uh, that's only because I was organised last week. I don't know if that'll happen again next time. We'll see. But uh, the editor, Scott, what did you think of it? Well, not what did you think of it. You're going to go through your notes. But uh, first impressions when I picked it, what did you think? I was like, all right. Excellent. Brilliant. (laughs) So the editor, directed by Adam Brooks and Matthew Kennedy, who are part of a thing called Astro and Six. We've discussed them when we did the episode on... Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, that's nonsense. Those those guys, isn't it? That's the movie um, about the fuck manicus. Yes, yeah. and it's not not about those guys. It's two pals that started a movie company, and then got a few other folk in tow uh, who are all actors, and they all bring a different thing to the table. Like uh, Steve Kostansky is excellent at practical effects, so it's him that's kind of behind all of them when you see them. And I think they're brilliant. Everything they do is stylish, excellent hilarious and I can't wish them enough success I want them to be absolutely massive they also did The Void which we've discussed on this as well I'm sure The Void what that movie yeah. with the, like the cult yeah that it was two it was two of them from that and they were obviously trying to step away from the comedy thing I was going to yeah, say because yeah, that's like a completely different style of movie yeah but practical effects and stuff are still fucking excellent it's still very stylish and a kind of John Carpenter-esque way the same yeah, as this is stylish I, so, so I meant uh, it's a completely different uh, tone of movie. Yeah, yeah. So Astro and Six, check them out if you haven't. All their, they, they do a web series just now called Divorced Dad. It might have, it might be finished. I don't know if it's an ongoing series, but it's also worth a watch. It's excellent. Anyway, enough uh, sucking up their arses. The editor, the synopsis on IMDb is a film editor gets embroiled in a string of murders. Straight to the fucking point there, IMDb. And it's available on Amazon Prime UK. Yep, that's where I now. watched it. So go on over and watch it if you haven't before uh, Scott proceeds to ruin it because 
already by referring to Ashron Six as OI, them guys. I think he's not going to like it. So we'll play the trailer and then we'll jump into it. Well, what about that editor? Didn't you tell me all the victims were missing the same fingers he was? Sure, you have wooden fingers, but who doesn't at times? He was an up and coming editor before I met him. Before he almost killed his assistant. Ah, the editor's gonna kill me! That was his work print! Interesting how that name keeps coming up. Editor. You're married to Josephine Chardin, aren't you? The star of the Mirror Guillotine? Here we go with the film talk again. I really admire his films. I don't want to see you around here anymore. You understand me? You take death with you wherever you go. I saw him. I saw him. The black man. The black man. I was going to tell you it's the first good thing you've edited in an extremely long time. So this movie starts off with strippers. Yeah. Which is just a good start. Three, six, three minutes, 16 seconds into it, and you get your first full bush shot. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So it starts off, you've got to be, it begins with just uh, with boobs, uh, some atrocious wigs, and then I need to ask, are spinning nipple tassels sexy? How about if they're on fire? They're probably sexier than non spinning tassels, because that would just look like you've got really fucking weird hairy <laughs> nipples. Dangly. Uh, so spin- <laughs> spinning sexier than that. Uh, on fire. Does does danger bring an element of sexiness, or does the danger element kill it? Uh, no, danger danger's definitely definitely sexy. Yeah, that's why that's why everybody's into getting tied up and like sticking stuff up their backsides and having safe words and extreme safe words in it. Obviously, another another wild exaggeration that everyone's into that. Right, everybody like <laughs> people, everybody like every I everybody everybody between the age of twenty and forty five is into that. Of course. Um, yeah, boobs and bush very early on. Lovely. Now, the the dubbing is. I think is now. I've my notes have not written properly here. They've auto corrected to something, but I think it says. I think they're dubbing because they are making a tongue in cheek giallo, or because I can see that as a point. But to me, it's pretty off putting. Is that what they're doing? That is what they're right. doing. Yeah. Well, at least I got. I got it. Yeah. You did. I also start on an episode with uh, my notes aren't written properly. <laughs> no, no sometimes we do. We just putting that as a as a sound clip before the uh, before the episode starts. <laughs> yeah, as a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, we start every episode. No, it's absolutely nobody listening just now expects your notes to be written properly or in anything other than crane or fingerprint. <laughs> I actually do them as notes on my iPhone, but my thumbs are too big for some of the buttons, so sometimes the autocorrects thinking what they, what they think I'm going to say. And I don't you notice. You do have big, free, big freaky thumbs. I don't notice, so um, when I read them back, they just don't make any sense. <laughs> that is the uh, that's the excuse, and I'm sticking to it. So yeah, the sound dubbing is a stylistic choice to make it feel like a jalo, and that's actually really good that you got that. That's a gold star. I don't mean it sound patronising, <laughs> despite being really, really patronising. Well, the, the amount of jalos I have watched is very minimal, I will admit that, and um, I didn't actually really know anything about them until we met Duncan a couple of years ago so from the podcast Under the Stairs so um, yeah that's all he goes on about oh fucking Jallo Jallo Jizzies in his pants Jallo have you ever there's one Jallo Jallo-esque movie that you definitely would like have you ever seen White of the Eye no you would like it because it's quite dreamy and atmospheric 
like a Jalo. It's American, so it's not a foreign movie because we know how, how you feel about foreigners and foreign I, movies. I, I, right, I can watch foreign <laughs> movies. Just this foreign is not. These guys are Canadian. Yeah, but not sorry for a foreign language. One that you have to read that wee bit at the bottom of the screen. I can manage that. The only times, the only things, just because it, it when you're taking notes and you have to read subtitles, it's harder. So for podcast episodes that you pick. Uh, movies that are subtitles is hard and that time we watched the Shin Godzilla at Fright Fest I fell asleep because I was a lot of reading but that's a long weekend so these things can't be blamed and put against me all the time I have to say disclaimer I can read subtitles <laughs> disclaimer I can read but I can't <laughs> write especially notes uh, I forgot what my point that's was that's fine that's fine <laughs> so they show you the editor and he's editing films like from the seventies. And you imagine? Can you imagine he had to edit like that still? A fucking greeting at how big a job that is, man. Obviously, just don't get into that industry, then, Scott. Oh man. Uh, he goes home and he goes, uh, "Honey, I'm in our home." <laughs> and I just thought it was funny. It's slightly different than the uh, "I'm home." I get it. It's, it's the same as Father's Day and stuff like that. There's so many wee one-liners that if you're not paying attention, you will miss them. Mm-hmm. Because it's just simple, simple wee jokes, but they're funny as fuck. Like that. The as I've noticed when I was writing my notes, that sometimes some of the one line, like the the, the dialogue's given, and it's given, it's clear, but it's given really fast. And I'm trying to think. That's probably that's probably a part of the whole like Jello dubbing thing they're doing because they're trying to match the script to how much the lips are moving, so they need to try and speed it up sometimes. Um, yeah. But trying to write notes when they're firing off these wee lines so fast, I've, I don't even know if I got to quote as much as I wanted to quote going through this. But um, yeah, the um, so you get to see part of the movie that the editor's working on to begin with, and it's like a seventies movie, and it's like bright red um, blood and all that. And then you get to see one of the first real life murders that we're supposed to be watching. And I do enjoy the change between the movie gore to their version of real life gore. Like the blood's more realistically black and uh, red, dark red, and and looks more like blood as opposed to the 70s style movie blood, which is like paint, bright red paint. Yeah. I like that. They also use that helicopter sound effect. Uh, It's very 70s. It always reminds me of the start of Dawn of the Dead. And the the, the one that they used uh, in Shaun of the Dead as well. You know, that kind of warbling. Nice. Every single ear pussy listening right now is waiting for you to do an impression. I was, of it. I, I was going to, yeah, but I don't know if I can. No, wait a minute. What about us? Wait a minute. Can you hear that? Did you not just do the intro to that Christmas song? Oh, bum, 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 it sounds like a really, really shit helicopter. Yeah, well, well, yeah I mean, that's... Single-blade ones that can't actually take yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like. So, the we've got the first crime scene, and it's got... I think there's a stabbed guy and a, a hung girl. And the cop, the cops are all in, and the cop's giving it big licks about this, and I'm like, why is this buzzer been cut down? And just before I could write the note, the cop turns around and bumps into the body that's hanging. Why is this body not been cut down? I was like, my question, exactly. <laughs> But the, the reply is brilliant. Oh, I forgot my ladder. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's too fast for me to take that. And that's it. I forgot my ladder. <laughs> but then, but then we move on to I can't remember the character's name, but it's one of the actresses, and uh, she's the one that found the bodies hanging and the dead, the, the dead bodies, and she is, is now now has hysterical blindness. 
<laughs> because, and I quote, women are not meant to see such things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And they've put like weak and uh, opaque contact lenses on to make her so she can't, it looks like her pupils have disappeared. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. And it actually does look like her pupils have disappeared. Again, practical effects in this are very, very good. Yeah. And then we get to see the editor, and he's got like this wooden hand. So he's got like three missing fingers, but they, all they just do the, through the whole movie is keep calling him a cripple. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, where do we go here? Right, it speeds on to an aerobic scene, and I don't really have much or anything to say about it, but it's it's fun to watch. More bush. No, they've they've got clothes on. Is it not? I'm sure there's bush right after that. I, I haven't written anything about Bush here, so I don't think it was happened at this point. Because <laughs> otherwise I would I definitely have written it down. The right, next okay. scene I've got is, I think it's part of the movie they're making, because uh, the TV cops or the movie cops comes in and says, says to this woman, take off your mask, and he pulls off her face. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's, there's like eyes and like a jawbone goes going, ah! <laughs> And then, then he pushes it back on, it just cuts back to her face yeah, normal. Yeah, with like red, red blood running about the outside as if it's sticking back on. That's quite I think you, it's safe to say that is hands down one of the greatest uh, practical effects in horror, I think. <laughs> just that face rip. It's so comedic. It looks a bit like the Tarman from Night of the Return. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Just with the eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent scene. Excellent scene. Uh, we then move on to shower boobs. So this is when the next boob. I don't know if there was bush at this point. Um, uh, there, mu- there must have been. There must have been. Because every time you see boobs, you see bush. And this. They always come hand in hand. No, I've wrote underneath the shower boobs. No, I've wrote very gratuitous, this movie. Mm. Uh, then I've wrote, I don't even know how to take notes on this. There's so much happening and also nothing happening at all. I literally thought you were about to say, I don't even know how to spell gratuitous. (laughs) (laughs) It auto-corrected it for me. (laughs) What I do think this is like, and I think it came out about the same time, it's kind of like a joke version of Barbarian Sound Studio. Um, A wee bit, actually. Just the idea that he's like working on the films and he's blurring the reality between what's happening and what's not happening. Obviously, this movie goes on to take it in a different uh, route, but... To begin with, when he's looking at him, he's just doing behind the scenes stuff. I thought uh, that's what it made me think of. Barbarian Sound Studio was apparently two years before this. Uh, so. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I knew it was around the same time, like in terms of when you go back, like you just call it yeah. 2010 to 2020. So it's, it's, it's new. Both of them are brand new. <laughs> I like your logic. Yeah. Uh, so is, is this when we find out? We find out that the editor cut his own fingers off, right. I think. You certainly see him cut his own fingers off. Oh yeah, he did because he's, he's he's using a paper ch- chopper to um, paper chopper. What do you call those things? What do you call it? You used to have them in school. <laughs> I'm now I'm now going to call it a fucking paper chopper. <laughs> yeah, them in school. It's just a big fucking saw blade, and you just go whoosh, and it cuts the paper. A guillotine. No, they've got a different name. It's a guillotine, though. Mm, right. A paper guillotine. No, I think it's called something else. But he's um, for they, use, they have safety guards on them now. Maybe this is. The reason maybe in the seventies people kept cutting their fingers off, but he uses that and he cuts his fingers clean off, clean off, zero fingers. We also see that he's got a student working for him. She's on a placement in the film studio, and she wants banged after him, even if he has a cripple. <laughs> is that her words? Uh, more or less, more or less. 
but he says uh, he says no because uh, he's got a wife. He's loyal to his wife. And I've got a note about whether he should have been loyal later on. <laughs> uh, more tits? There's really nothing else I can say about that note. Yeah, no, Apart just, from yes, there are indeed more tits. tits. Yep. Um, again, the dubbing really puts me off, but I do get what they're getting at, right? Do you think the dubbing is maybe what puts you off actual, like, dubbed foreign films? Maybe, but no, because I like, um, I like Fistful of Doors, and that's dubbed. That was Spanish, and they had to redo it, and they're not fully linked because Clint Eastwood lost the original script. Where he lost what he'd, uh, he'd, uh, he'd said originally, because I remember that's behind the scenes they said to him when he went to work in Spain, and he said, somebody told me, make sure I keep a guide track for what I've said, because they'll lose it in the dub. And he said, sure enough, they lost it. And I couldn't remember what I said. And I had to try and remember and match up my, my mouse, like when I was dubbing it over. So, yeah, so like Fistful of Doors is, is not perfect, but I like that. So, so far, you've managed to shoehorn Love Island and Clint Eastwood. Every episode, man. Yeah. Every episode, Cowboys are fucking Love Island. Yep. I do it with these. I also, uh, The Walking Dead's coming back next Monday. Done. Triple three. How is that? Boom. How is that not done now? Like how how's that still a thing? Season season ten, man. You need to get to the end yet. Nobody cares. You don't even care. You are a, such a butt boy for the walking. They dead. say they say that um, James Smith, the PT, he has got a good way of putting that. Human humans believe that time and money equal how much I don't know exactly how he puts it. It's more eloquent than this, but basically, I hope it's better than that. Basically, you shouldn't think about trying to hold on to something because of the amount of time and money you've invested in it so like I, like me saying this, not in this instance because I still do like enjoy watching The Walking Dead but like because I'm, I am getting a bit sped up with how slow it is I should be turning my back on it but I feel as if I've watched it for 10 seasons I need to see it through that you know what I mean but that's just daft is it not better just to leave it at like whenever you last enjoy the season not maybe season 1 uh, and then just think, right? No, that's it. It's done. There's no, there is. Rather than putting yourself in more pain. There's bits. Hurt. There's bits I enjoy. See if it was. See if it just come on like Netflix and I could binge it in a wani. I'd like it so much better. See the waiting, the waiting every fucking week for a new episode, and then halfway through it, mid-season finale. Surely they're the only god, the only show that still does a fucking pain in the ass mid-season finale. What is that all about? What is that actually all about? But exactly. What is it all about? I have no idea. <laughs> ah. Uh, my next note is a quote. I think. With all the sluts and violence, am I supposed to be surprised? <laughs> I think this is someone talking about real life. If that, wa- if that wasn't a quote, that means that was just a, a thing that came into your head. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting that in quote marks. So that's, either, that's either a quote from me or from the movie. I think it's from the movie. I wouldn't use sluts like that. <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a quote from the movie. I think it's it's either I think it's the director when he's coming to see, like yeah, no the director the uh, detective when he's coming to investigate the crime scenes and he's looking at what they're doing in the studio and he's like saying well this is what he's filming all day does it it's not surprising he's got a murderer um, <laughs> this is a funny scene this is a funny scene the dialogue's too fast for me to get quotes right but basically what's happened is that the editor is at dinner with his wife. And she's all dressed up. She's kind of like a Jennifer Tilly, only more annoying. It's Paz de la Fuera. Right. And she is fucking weird. Have you ever seen the Louis Theroux Scientology documentary? I think I might have, but I'm not sure. 
I'm sure I know I'm sure it's a Scientology one see but he's in a flat uh, in an apartment and she's like across the way just like kind of frolicking about with like, no clothes on and she keeps coming over and she keeps saying weird things to the camera and she's got fuck all to do with Scientology and like that she's just so strange and she gets her tits out and everything she's in Boardwalk Empire and that Gaspar Noe uh, the one that's set in Tokyo that I can't remember what it's called right now but she is weird and annoying. Yeah. But she, so anyway, he's, she's at dinner and she's all dressed up. And um, the editor's there and he's like his lumberjack jacket. He's not dressed up at all. And she makes a point of that. But then she says that she's getting sick. And she goes, I'm going to be sick right here on the carpet. <laughs> and the editor's just sitting there like, what the fuck am I sitting doing here? And then the police comes in and slaps her like four or five times. <laughs> This is the, the dialogue's too fast here for me to, to write it out, but it's so tongue in cheek, it's hilarious. Basically, he says, uh, "You, you, you're, you're the husband. You're supposed to give a good slap to your wife, and it'll sort of write out." And the wife's like, "Yeah, to be fair, you probably should have slapped me a couple of times." Should <laughs> <laughs> really be any that we're laughing at the movie, not because in real life this is a funny situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was the seventies. That shit was actually allowed to happen. Yeah, we're, we're laughing. That's the thing. This joke is about the stereotypical nonsense that it used. Yeah, it used to be. They're making a, a joke of of stuff that used to be accepted or the way people used to think. You know that that's where we find the joke. Not in slapping women, <laughs> even though they deserve it. My <laughs> kid, I kid, I kid. Um, so then I don't know. It's like the editor's kind of like falling asleep having these going for these dinners and then waking back up and then falling asleep and murders are happening and he's waking back up he's not coming home he's like I don't really know what's happening with him but he's then I don't know they finished the dinner and then there's then it's dark fully dark and there's dramatic music playing and then I can't tell are those gun barrels or the eyes I don't really know what what it was it was like those it was like the uh, tarman eyes again just staring at you in the dark uh, it was it was eyes it was the white Kind of white, is it the white contacts or blue? They look, they're so white, they look light blue. Yeah. And the guy was just kind of creeping about in the dark. Which, if this wasn't a comedy movie, that we seen is terrifying. That's like beginning of Insidious before it gets shit level fear, with the eyes just creeping out the dark, going whoa, kill that, kill that dead, because that's fucking terrifying. Obviously not to no, you because you me, thought no. it was two two gun barrels gun for some, some reason. Um, so he wakes up as person <laughs> creeping about his house, and he turns. You need to go back and watch it <laughs> and think about two gun barrels as you look at these eyes. <laughs> it was dark; I couldn't see it. There's all these movies you pick a pitch black, and I can't see a fucking thing. Stop watching it on your phone. What's on my iPad? Stop watching it on your iPad. Watching it on a TV. You've got a nice big one. Watch it on it. Well, I watched half of it in the, the telly and I watched the other half on the iPad. You separated it again? I had, to, I had to, I had to. I don't have time. I don't know where time goes. It's just absolutely disappearing for me today. For every day. <laughs> today, for two weeks, for fuck's sake. So, yeah, so this, this, the gun barrels wake him up and he switches the light on and his wife's a pain in the arse. Turn off the damn light! I'm like, oh, just bolt hen. There's a fucking killer in your house. Actually, no. There's two floating gun barrels. Yeah. yeah, attached to the hands of the killer. Um, so the now where where the fuck who's who is this? Somebody see the detective. I think it's the detective. Um, he's somewhere and meets uh, a woman who's like, "Kiss me, kiss me," and then uh, she starts kissing him, and then she bites him. 
and then in comes the doctor. I'm like, who is that doctor? Is he famous? And it's, uh, it's obviously it's Udo Kia. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm famous, but I'm not sure for why. Because I looked up his IMDb and he's, I've seen some of the movies he's in, but I thought there was got to be something that I'd be like, oh yeah, that's it, that's the one. I, to me, he's like the most prolific actor ever because of Ace Ventura. He's the one that hosts the the party when Ace Ventura gets caught with the whale. Oh, do you know maybe that's maybe that's why I remember him from. I grew up and you see him in things. Just always remember him. Like I used to see him in everything. It wasn't. It was just that year where I watched nothing but Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet Detective, and that's what I remind him from. And he's, I think he's him and Jim Carrey are probably the most famous people in the world to me. <laughs> and the fat guy that run uh, that's like the helper in Miami Dolphins and Courtney Cox. And that is the cast of Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> so, right, we, we get... We now get a scene that the editor's cut his tongue off. And also the editor was in hospital. As a cliche. Cliche that everyone who needs psychiatric help is dangerous. That stereotype in itself is dangerous. <laughs> I like you've just got like, some serious notes there. Just in between tits, bush. Don't know what's going on. Is he asleep? <laughs> Honestly, Lee, I, my next... Notice what the fuck is happening now. <laughs> His blind wife is getting cut with a bottle for sex. And they've wrote, <laughs> I've got those pants. <laughs> is that these you black wife ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog's staring at him during sex. Does that happen to you, Zoe? Yeah. No, no, actually, no, not at all. It's quite good. He's not interested. Why did you, why did you think about it? No, because, you hesitated, yeah, you well, hesitated you way too long there's, there's not because there's so many times you know it's like it's like loads loads and loads and t- loads of times it just it's over and over and over again sometimes in the same same night I had to think which if there's any of the times that the dog was actually there you know <laughs> uh, dogs at the door just thinking what a lying bastard <laughs> <laughs> this, so this sex scene's gone right now he's not happy now this is the detective and yeah so he's shagging his own wife and she's got a picture of the blonde actor that's talking about the studio who he's not happy. So he's not happy that she's got a picture of this blonde actor, right? And then there's a birthday cake for somewhere. And then he just throws the cake on her chest that's got with the white icing all just kind of moves over. So that's like a cum shot, <laughs> I assume. And then he just starts slapping himself with the chocolate cake. Yeah. What part are you confused with? Yeah. This is this is also like because there was a scene earlier on where he was outside like having sex with somebody and he's had to slap myself with the dirt. Which is also a brilliant scene. We didn't actually talk about that. Yeah, I know. I forget, it's just because it happened so fast and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, have, I didn't know what to write down for it. I think it's all like when you watch some of the old jails and stuff. A lot of that shit doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're just putting huh? like parts to like scenes and images. Like yeah. I'm, just, I'm assuming that's why they use the tarantulas in this because there's hundreds of them and they don't make any sense. Yeah. It's the same in, uh, was it, The Beyond? But it's just, there's suddenly I've seen my fucking tarantula for about two and a half minutes. Yeah. Which means Lena can't watch it. Because I warned her, I was like, you can't watch it. There's a tarantula in the scene for an extended period of time, you'll scream. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's it. A lot of those movies, it was just like, you get a rough gist of a story and you just enjoy what's happening. Because there's no point in trying to follow it because it's fucking all over the place. I think they were just trying to do a bit of that in it, which they've obviously done because it's worked. So you then get a scene where the blonde actor's talking to someone. uh, I think I don't know who it is. It might be the the editor's wife. She's got dark hair, but she says something, and in in the scene she also says, "I was at home shaving my pussy." (laughs) He lifts up her skirt, looks at her pussy. Story checks out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Fuck, where are we now? We're back in the house with the detective and he's... Missy's has been stolen out in the, ba- the bathroom and she's locked in the bathroom. The killer's in there. Very giallo. Very from the point of view of the killer. I've seen a black glove uh, holding a knife. He's holding her up against the door. And he comes around and he's this axe in the door. It's like the shining. The dog's in there. The, 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 the guard dog that's been staring at sex that the elder on tried to attack the detective is in the bathroom doing nothing. It's absolutely useless. Uh, so you're watching this happen, right? And you're thinking, he's she's going to axe her. Definitely, it's going to happen. And then he axes a big shining hole in the door, big enough to get through, big enough to see through, that he takes another swing. I don't know why he takes another swing, but the killer just moves her in front of the, the hole and he just axes her right in the head. It, uh, he didn't need to throw that, that last axe swing, but it obviously just then had him killing his wife. Now, the graphics here are actually pretty good. The uh, practical effects, the axe wound in her face. Yeah. Pretty good. I, I think the practical effects and the whole movie and everything else Astron 6 do are excellent because they are like so, so retro practical. It's amazing to watch, even if you can tell, obviously, like the face ripping off that that's not real. It's just so fun to watch compared to it being CGI. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that definitely. Yeah. I, I, the practical effects are, are good are very fun to watch in this movie for sure. So then he freaks out <laughs> that <laughs> he freaks out that uh, he's just killed his wife. So what, what does he do? Chops her fingers off and they make it look like one of the killings from the killer who's killing everybody else. However, technically, so technically it probably it was the killer's fault anyway because the killer put her in front of the axe. So technically it was the killer. I bet. Uh, what's his face? What was him with the the runner with the knee legs? Uh, Oscar's Pistorius. <laughs> you're, you're going to see you seen Yeah, that. was I? <laughs> uh, I Pistorius, maybe he tried that. That he was just shooting the killer behind the door and the killer moved his girlfriend in front of the door. And he shot her, so it's the killer's fault. Obviously, that's not logical, so that's why he had to chop her fingers off in this film. Oh. Because nobody would believe that nonsense. Yeah. So the another cop turns up. And I can't remember what his name is. But he comes in and then the detective manages to get him holding the axe, say that he's seen a black guy kill his wife and then also drink. So he says, oh no, you can't be listened to because you've been drinking. And it's quite, it is quite a clever way seen how he manages to, to get this guy to just fully implicate him straight away and he like saying that it wasn't this guy's fault, the detective's mm-hmm. fault. It's, pretty, it's a good piece, good piece <laughs> scene. Um... Where are we? We're back to the film studio, and the, the, the so it's also good because it gives a nod to the, the the casual racism of like the old Italian jails. That obviously the bad guy is going to be a black man. Yeah. So were these old movies racist? Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of movies are old ones, not acceptable. It's just like old old grandparents and old aunties. They just you just turn a blind eye to the ridiculous views. Yeah. Well, Unless they're in positions of power. Yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> we didn't need to see it. Uh, well, Boris Johnson as well, actually. Yeah. He is. He said um, black people have got lower IQs or something. And then it's been, it's been all over Twitter and they said to him, uh, does the Prime Minister believe that um, uh, people of colour have a lower IQ? And he says, the, the Prime Minister's document uh, views, viewpoints have been well documented. So are you saying 
and it's they kept it in. They would not. They would not uh, just straight up say no. The president, is, uh, the prime minister, was not racist. They just they couldn't say it because they know his viewpoints when he says um, all those racist terms, like that he's said many times that are easily documented uh, and easily findable if you just uh, search Boris Johnson big racist prick. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't. Don't Google search that. <laughs> Imagine the images. Boris Johnson. And he, <laughs> and he's big, big racist prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I am no closer to this fucking chicken Kiev. Get through your notes quicker. Come on, right. go. We so we're back in the studio and the director's like saying, I don't know. The director's talking to the editor and he says the, the line, "I thought it might be fun to have a cripple around." <laughs> 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 but you know, in the background of this scene, for some god knows reason, there's just a couple of naked people. There's a naked guy from one point of view and then from the other point of view behind the director there's a woman just like stretching and then she strips off naked and then just continues to stretch. There's such, so much, so many Weinstein vibes about that studio, man. <laughs> Again, I think it was just obviously sex sells. So in some of the old movies you would, they would just be tits in bush and dicks swinging about because obviously that's what people wanted to see. It's still what people want to see. Show me a big swinging dick and a bouncing pair of tits and you're ready to get at least two stars in my rating well you know give us about 40 minutes into this movie for the remainder of this movie and you'll get those two stars <laughs> um, so we, we go back the editor goes home and his wife's watching the blonde guy's video it's like his showreel or something that he's been working about with that somehow made it into the editor's house and she thinks it's his but he's like I didn't edit that she's like it's the best work you've ever done he's like it's not mine she's like she's actually crawling over like all sultry and sexy towards the uh, the TV and I'm like if this wasn't supposed to be a piss take I'd probably enjoy it a bit better this this weird different world that these people exist in like a different grasping reality than normal folks but with it being a joke I'm not fully sucked in it's now, quite an uh, odd uh, an odd statement think so yeah like so if this was a, if this was serious you would be more more involved in it. I think the idea, the way that she was like fully like z- like sucked into this wee weird telly that she's bought like, the five hundred dollar VCR to watch this video on, and it's like what what world? What happens? Like they're not they're not just going to a job, going to the supermarket, going about their business. They're like their world's fully separate from from everything else. Like I just I, something fascinating about being not in the real world. Right, okay. That I thought I was that I was I was into. Right. Um so my next note is now what the fuck is happening? He's climbing into his bathroom mirror. What the fuck's happening? He's just climbing into his bathroom mirror. Why do you pick these nonsense movies that I cannot follow? (laughs) Maybe by not following it you are following it. You're not meant to follow it. No, I have no idea. So we get I don't know how he's killing here, right? But you get the black glove, the knife in view, multiple stabbings, with the screaming not matching how a stabbed person would act while they're getting stabbed. Giallo. Is that how you're going to just finish all your sentences now? Yep. Giallo. Giallo. Uh, and then he somehow loses the knife and picks up a pair of scissors, and they get right close to an eyeball. And I was thinking, okay, okay, this is this is classic from these movies. Certainly, Fulci movies for one. I know they're not particularly Giallo, yeah. but certainly this... Stabbing eyeballs has been done. Let's see it. And then they don't stab the eyeball. How many movies has Fulci directed again, Scott? Just the one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep cut yeah. for, for old listeners. Um, 
But I felt let down with that that I didn't see the uh, more eyeball stabbings. Ah, but you then get the knife through the hand. I know, but. Oh, you wanted to be eyeball stabbing? Yeah. We've plenty of fingers getting chopped off. Go that. back, go back and watch Fulci's only movie. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, do you know I think it's mental that movies used to be on several reels and somebody needed to be like watching it to seamlessly switch over them during a movie? I find oh, I find it magical. See that idea? The same as like Golden Hollywood. It's that I just find it all like such a magical world. It's I like wish I knew how to actually work a machine like that. I wish I had a machine like that. Because Joe Bagos' new movie is on, he's, he's, he's had a picture of him on Twitter holding a 35 mil reels of this movie. Yeah. So it does exist that, to watch it and get it switched over as you're watching it. I assume that the one we'll see at Freight Fest will be a digital press play. It will. Bliss is filmed all in 16 mil. So yeah, but like then, the Bliss it was probably 16 mil. Yeah, but then how's it played? Because you need to have, you can't, how many copies can you make of that? Has every cinema got a copy of it? Well, they used to have. Well, they used to have so many, yeah. We, we seen once upon a time in Hollywood at the GFT, and it was a thirty-five mil screen, like an actual thirty-five mil, an actual thing thirty-five mil screen. machine, Aye. not like yep. filmed on thirty-five mil. Then I know because they can't they can't then say it's a thirty-five mil screen, and if they're just saying that that's how it was filmed or that, or it was copied from that, it has to actually be the thirty-five mil print. So it may actually be. be it may actually be a. An actual screening, like then that we watch. What do you mean? I don't. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know how cinema works. I thought somebody. Just are you are you deliberately delaying this Kiev now? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just fascinated by film, and I don't understand how it works. I have not been this angry about <laughs> a chicken Kiev disaster since the time Lena's mum tried to make me one, and it was filled with cheese and ham. <laughs> I could have punched her into oblivion. Yes. I wouldn't do that because it's my girlfriend's mum and I don't hit women. But <laughs> don't ever, ever tell me you've got me a chicken Kiev and then when I cut it, it's cheese and ham because that's just like... You could get fucking 25 to life for that. <laughs> and that's how angry I am right now. You're literally just making shit up and talking absolute rubbish just to delay this garlicky goodness. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> He goes in, at some point, he goes in to speak to somebody. This is a detective. I think he might be speaking to, um, I don't know who he's speaking to. It might be the, the priest. I'm not sure if he's got there yet, but it's definitely coming up. And he says to him, the person says to him, a young Donald, Donald Sutherland. And he walks away. And I thought that's so on the nose for Don't Look Now. Yeah. And that's that's clearly what they've done there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's so many wee nods to different films. So they go and speak to the wee, uh, the wee priest guy, the wee fat priest with the bulging eyes, and it's like, when I seen Udo Kier earlier on, I thought he was in the Human Centipede, but when I IMDb'd him, I was like, he, he's he, he's not. Um, and then this wee fat guy turns up, and he's the one from Centipede 2 and 3. Yeah. I thought, well, what's the, what's the chances that I thought a Human Centipede guy was in this movie, and it turns out there was a Human Centipede guy in this movie, just not the Human Centipede guy that I was thinking of originally when I seen him in this movie. <laughs> then you'd rap <rotten> it? Yeah. <laughs> It was the fastest you've ever talked. Yeah, and I, that, I think I got all the words properly eloquated as well. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you just read somewhere that it stars so-and-so from The Human Centipede and that's just been in the back of your head so as soon as you've watched it you've thought... I don't think so because he's not really one of the stars. Nobody really gives a fuck about him, do they? If you're actually yeah, listening because you're not a famous actor, really, uh, you're actually <laughs> listening to this podcast, I apologise for saying we don't give a fuck at me. Of course we do. <laughs> I also apologise for calling you a wee fat guy with bulging eyes. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
Well, it would be absolutely hilarious if uh, episode 119 is an interview with him. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag be kind. <laughs> I don't, if you don't know everything, don't say anything. <laughs> um, so the he gets into a fight with the editor and the detective soon, and I like the punching sound. It's not yeah. a ridiculous punching sound. It actually sounded like somebody got thumped. Do you want to do the sound effect? It was kind of like a... Cool. It's a fast punch. Yeah. That's how fast I punch, though. Is it, aye? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what the... <laughs> 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 right, uh, this movie's lost the plot, man. Now there's a ghost. The ghost student is now in the old projector. I don't get it. And then it cuts to the blonde-haired guy at dinner, and he's like, he's not a sane man. Speak of the devil. And the, 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 the detective goes, what, is he here? No, I was just speaking of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's not what that phrase means. <laughs> The jokes are so good in this. They, I'm, I, I don't know why I'm not hearing more praise being heaped upon the dialogue and interactions and the throwbacks and the nods and all the excellent things that this movie does. I, why, yeah, Scott, no, why? I like, I can see it, right? So maybe this will eventually become a background noise movie that I'll put on that I'll get to know and I'll think it's hilarious because I do think some of the parts are hilarious. I just felt the story... To me, was just very disjointed. I couldn't follow it. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know who these people are. I don't care. I don't know what the hell's going on. And I, when I had to watch it in parts, I can also almost thought, I, I, you know what? I don't. I'm, I'm, it's like a chore to have to go back into this. But that's only because you're watching it in parts. It's like if you watch anything in parts, it's always a chore because you're like, oh, I've not finished that and. I'm now I watch something new, but I've got to go finish that. And you make it a chore. You're making it a chore for yourself. Yeah. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the editor goes home and he puts on a movie that has been made by the blonde haired guy, I think. There's a scene that there's a guy dressed up like the editor and he's all tied up. He's like, ah, I can't get out of this. He's too good at tying knots. And to add insult to injury, he's raping my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a good t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing? Yeah, the whole the whole thing there. Yeah. I think they're not following it. I've watched this five, maybe six times, and I don't have a fucking clue what's going on all the time. Like, I still couldn't sit here right now and tell you the A, the B, the C, the D, and how this, this movie progresses. Is it because I also don't pay attention because I'm just having a laugh, or is it because that is what the main, the movie's meant to do? Right, it's meant so to be all over the place. Right, so that's not. I don't know. Then. I don't feel bad that I've not followed it, and I feel as if like, oh fuck, I've not, I've not understood this movie. I've not got what they're trying to do, so I don't like this movie because it's not for me. But if Aye. if if I'm not supposed to understand it, then I suppose that's a bit better. Okay, well, right now, I honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you bits that happens and what like scenes and dialogue and stuff. But as far as I can hear plot, I have no fucking idea. But is there somebody out there who's actually paid attention to it and not watch movies like we do? You watch it in eight parts on the toilet on your phone and I just fall asleep a lot. Maybe it does make sense. Or is it a stylish choice? In my head it's a stylish choice because I don't follow a lot of it. And it works because a lot of the old 
Italian Giles. I'm like, who's this guy? Where is she came from? What What's happening now? And that's what you feel with certain things in this film, but because it's cushioned with so many jokes, you're like, I don't even care. I'm having such a good time, I don't care where we go, let's just see where we end up. Hmm. <laughs> I, I do like things being spoon-fed to me. I like to know what's going on. Um, so, Is that uh, not a sexual thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like being choked and spoon-fed? <laughs> Same time. Um, <laughs> so after he's watched the video of the guy dressed up as him and the guy raping his wife or like, on the movie, there's a gimp mask guy behind him who knocks him out and then he wakes up, tied up, in a very similar situation that he just watched on film. And the blonde-haired guy is now raping his wife. Or is he? Does she actually want pumped? But then we see that um, she's, like, clenching her vagina that's hurting his dick or something because he just decides to stop. He's like, oh, no, no, you're hurting me. So he jumps off and he's like, "Uh, sorry, sorry about that. I think he just gets really embarrassed because it kind of turns on him. So she's really enjoying it and he's like, oh, fuck, oh, no, this is going too far. I think, no, how can it be too far that she's enjoying it? The fact that you even started to rape the woman in the first place is too far. Not that she's enjoying it. That's not where it changes. No, but, but, but that's part of the joke where it's like, oh, all right, what? No, 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 this was all, she's not meant to be enjoying this. Oh, now it's weird. I don't want to do this now. <laughs> that's part of the joke. Right. I mean, everything's, I, everything's slowly falling out of place. <laughs> so she gets up and then says that she doesn't, she's not in love with the editor, she, she just loves him forever, but she fancies the blonde-haired actor, so she runs off to view him and he's still tied up, it's like just in the woods and, I'm like, gutted that his wife turned out to be a bitch, man, because he could have totally banged that student. <laughs> um, I says, is he going to get his fingers back? I don't know what is going on. I really don't. <laughs> then we're, we're back with the detective in some library, and there's hundreds of spiders, like tarantulas, and then he's standing on them. I'm like, I couldn't stamp on those things, man. They're way too big. It's like stamping on a, like a weasel or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Why is that what you compare it to? Rather than just, it would be like stamping on a big giant spider. Why? It would be like stamping on a weasel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You stamp on an insect a wee bit, maybe if you're a dickhead, but I just couldn't, like, because it's, it's bigger, you'd be like, no. But a tarantula's not the size of is it a weasel. Yeah, no, but I, I don't know why I say like a wee dog or something, because that'd be horrible. Ah, but a wee dog's bigger than a... It was hey, just like don't, a, big a robin then, like a wee, a wee sparrow. I could stand in a robin. Oh, no. Hey, what? The heartless. What if it's been a wee bastard? <laughs> what if it's out in the garden eating the food for all the all wee baby birds? No, no. It needs stomped on? No. Next thing you'll be stomping pigeons and seagulls. You can't, there's no end in sight oh, for that. I would, I would kick fuck out of pigeons if I could. See when we were walking through like George Square or some built up place and there's loads of pigeons. Lena is a ongoing joke that I'm terrified of pigeons I'm not terrified of them, I just don't like big feathered rats flying up into your face I would draw the boot off a pigeon I just don't like getting shot on, that's why I'm always fearing the birds flying above my yeah. head, getting shot on it's rubbish, it ruins your day try to pretend that it's you're, good luck you're revealing so much about your, your sex life now so spoon fed, choked but knee bukkake? no no. Right, cool no, well, no, never say never <laughs> that's different from uh, Shipley and then knee, 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 Shipley Nay brown baby bijus, thank you. <laughs> um, so now we have the blonde haired guy having sex with the 
detective's wife, the blind girl, maybe. Um, somebody comes into this room with a chainsaw and starts swinging it about, cutting her on the shoulder and then swinging it at the guy who's in between chainsaw swings. You see his swinging Bobby just swinging about. <laughs> and then, and then I don't know what happens. The killer then. So the killer is a fake killer from inside the movie. He climbs out the movie. Out the screen. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. <laughs> We've established that we have no idea what's going but on. Then, but then we got a car chase, obviously. It's always car chases in films like this. Yeah. So then the director and the editor both drive off a cliff. <laughs> squash their wee motors. Can't remember, I think it's the director. No, no, the director, sorry, the detective. Uh, the detective manages to get out. I think the editor's going to be dead at this point. Fuck knows, man. And then we go and like, so the director's the bad guy. Is that obvious? And then you see, there's a bird there, and he's like, oh, is that bird the baddie? And I'm like, oh, wait, 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 that's that's his wife. That's the annoying wife. Again, no idea what's going on. The editor tries, the, the detective tries to shoot. Now he shoots somebody already. No, who the fuck does he shoot? And then he goes to shoot the wife, but the gun backfires, and he shoots half his own mangled fingers. <laughs> 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 like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. But somehow they managed to cover the the wife in petrol, and then to set her on fire, the editor sets fire at his crippled horn, and just grabs her on the on the wrist, and then she goes on fire. Now she gets a melted face at this point, which is very very good. All the practical effects are excellent. Yeah. However, then then in the next scene they show a charred skeleton, like no skin, no organs, just a charred skeleton. That's a fast fire. That. It was a lot of petrol. Yeah. So, from there, you go to the next day, they go to the, the, the police office, which is a brilliant 70s style police office. I love it. I would like <laughs> to just like be in there. Um, Why have you always wanted to be arrested in the 70s? No, no, I just love the 70s style. I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, <laughs> and then he says, yeah, it turns out it was the editor's wife that was the bad you know along. A few good slaps from her husband would have sorted her out. Still, still going on that, and then, and then it starts to flip like a Shutter Island style ending, like the 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 wee cop that he gave the axe to is actually the detective, and the the guy the guy I thought was the human centipede the doctor is like a psychiatrist that's, I don't, I don't know. No, you're right, you're right. It is it's a Shutter Island ending. So the detective is actually not a detective, or he's he's losing it, and it's like. Then he runs away. I, knows, I, can't, I don't know where he goes. And then it's, I was like, I feel like it's never ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it ends. <laughs> I don't get it. Post credit scene. I, I still don't get it. So your biggest problem with this is just that you don't get it. Yeah. Sometimes things just just roll with it, Scott. You don't need to overthink everything. Who cares why the gun blew his fingers off? The fact is, the fingers blew off and it looked fucking good doing it. And you enjoy that? <laughs> Don't fucking sigh at me. I, uh, give me a... I need more from you. <laughs> why, don't we put, why don't we put that for an episode and I'll tear that apart? I think I Make might. You feel terrible you know what? I don't think it's going to be a funny episode to do. It's just a fantastic movie. This is, we're talking about Personal Shopper here, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, or don't. You can also not watch it. No, that is also I an totally option. recommend you watch it. But uh, I don't think it would make a good episode, so I'm not going to pick it. Good. Glad. Would you like my, right, final, you a, like my final summation? Yeah, yes, I want this chicken cave more than I've ever wanted anything in my life. I 
get what they were trying to do and what they were making fun of or basing it on. But overall, it just wasn't for me. The dubbing was very off-putting and the story was very difficult to follow. Some of the jokes and the delivery of those jokes and of the lines were very funny, very enjoyable. I wrote hilarious a couple of times through my notes. I liked the colours and the 70s style. Um, and like the colours, like the jello colours, like the red and blues, and then the mixing them to be like a pinky purple. Love that. Uh, so points for that. Overall, I know of Astron 6 because of you, Liam, but while I don't think their movies are for me, I appreciate what they do and the effort and work that goes into their movies. Three background boobs out of five. If you took my bet last week, you'd have just won yourself a tenner. Oh, I would have. But you didn't? Yeah. But you feel really silly now. I I feel quite disappointed that I didn't win a tenner, yes, I won't lie. If you... If the reason you've not gave it a five, or one of the reasons you've not given it a five, or a four, or a 3.5, is that you didn't follow it, knowing that you might not be able to follow it, knowing that there's nothing there to follow, does that change that? Does that give you an R plus point? No, I don't think so, because originally, originally I was looking at it around about the two mark, and I thought, I'm not going to be that harsh, so I went for a three. So I was already yeah, up, 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 no, upgrading it. There's no way you can give us a two. This is hilarious. Four. You're giving it four? Four all day long. Yeah, four all day long. Father's Day is still my favourite. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. but you, you like these movies. You, um, you're, you've got these. Do you know what I mean? You're you the demographic. You're what they're looking for. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, the excellent if you've not if you've watched the editor and it's the first Astro and Six film you've watched and you enjoyed it, then definitely go and check out Father's Day and Manborg and The Void, because The Void's just a really fucking good film. And Divorce Dad. That's also excellent. That I'm definitely who their target market is. Yeah, for sure. Their target target market is Yeah, I said it right. I have had a long day, man. Yeah, the target audience their target audience or their key demographic. Yes, that, that is me. That's the industry Name. speak terms that you're looking for. Yes. So, next week. In fact, sorry, have you been watching anything else? I have been watching Lock. But by the way, just just please please make this as quick as possible because I have a garlic need right now. Okay, I've been watching Lock, Lock and Key. Uh, it's pretty good. I would recommend it. Um, I also am going to watch Bliss tomorrow because I've got some free time. I'm also going to go to the cinema on my lonesome and watch The Lighthouse. So tomorrow is a big, big day for me in terms of movies. I'm also wanting to get catch Jeremy Gardner's new movie, After Midnight. I don't know where it's playing or streaming or wherever we can get it, but he's the one who done The Battery and yeah. Tex Montana uh, in the Wilderness or whatever it's called. That's a free YouTube video. Very independent filmmaker, but battery was great so I'm hoping after midnight will be good uh, so that, that's what I've been watching Lock and Key been watching a lot of things on my list uh, movies to watch over the next 24 hours Lock and Key seemed a wee bit like, I just watched the trailer but it seemed a wee bit ham-fisted and it's cheesy very ham-fisted very cheesy very young adult very teenager but it's been, yeah, I've been watching that. it kind of background noise I've not been paying 100% attention to it but it is it's kind of fun 10 episodes it's not very taxing yeah, I'm no, I'm no wasting my time. No, I don't. I mean, if don't, I, if it's, it, don't, don't rush for it if you're not interested. But well, I went to see Takashi Miki's new film, First Love, on Valentine's night. Oh yes, uh, it was absolutely brilliant. He is amazing, and one day I'll actually go back and watch all 103 or whatever it is 
of his films rather than just all the main ones. Like the, the, there's there's a movie called Zebra Man and Zebra Man Two. I don't know what it's about, but I'm assuming it's about a man zebra. <laughs> and I feel like I need to watch them because I love everything else he does. But that's like a proper deep dive into Japanese cinema, which I'm ready to go for. Because do you want know Caucasian cinema is annoying me just now. <laughs> so, which then hopefully will mean then my next few picks are going to be Japanese. So, get ready for more Tetsuo. I that's the movie we watched a yeah, few weeks ago. And Kate. Yeah, I know. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. I know, but do you know what? I'm up for watching them. Just don't expect me to understand them or like them. Right. Oh, I'm I'm surprised that I genuinely thought you would have had a good time with this because it is funny. It's switch your brain off material. Yeah, I thought you'd have liked it. I mean, like I say, I did like some of the jokes and some of the delivery, and I did get what they were trying to do. Um, story was just too disjointed for me to to enjoy it in terms of like watching it watching it multiple times. I don't know what to do, man. I, I go I go for you don't like it. I then actually go on with excessive bush tits in comedy and you're not too keen on it we're going to need to just watch Trash Humpers <laughs> do you know I know it's coming at some point and if like, I can see if, if your pick's like pick 200 or whatever I know that you're episode 200 I know you're going to just go with something like Trash Humpers so I, it's just, a combination this is this has been leading to I, 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 I couldn't I do want to pick it but I don't want to have to sit and watch it again and I don't want to have to put that on anyone <laughs> Especially because I had to pay twenty five quid for it for the pleasure of watching that fucking that's, guff movie. That's probably the funniest part of the whole story. That you, had to, you paid twenty five quid for it. Yeah, and a lot of people now you just get to hear about how guff it is without having lost twenty five quid on it. Incredible. But yeah, maybe maybe we'll pick it. Maybe actually do, that could be the live show. We do a live screen of trash umpers and we'll sit there after it, hating each other for having watched it. <laughs> yeah, you're just laughing in the corner. I wouldn't be like if, if I had to also sit in the room and watch it. I wouldn't be laughing if I had went away and maybe got a burger or that and came back and watched you finishing finishing trash umpers. I would have laughed, but no being in the same room as it again. I've tried too many times and I can't do it anymore. But what I can do is wrap this up so I can get this check in Kiev. Uh, so next week or two weeks, sorry, it'll be episode 119, uh, it's my pick, just because he's annoyed me by giving this a three, I'm going to pick something seriously, seriously fucking weird. But are you taking two picks in a row? Oh shit, this is my pick, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm that upset that I just believed it was your pick, sorry, episode 119, Scott's pick, which I'm sure you're all absolutely thrilled by, I'm not. Oh, it'll be good, no. it'll be good. Have you got one in mind? Uh, no. However, this that episode <laughs> should our schedule go to plan, that will come out on Fright Fest weekend. Right, okay. So uh actually giving you absolutely no no confirmation right now whatsoever that this is this schedule will go to plan, because that's a busy week for us. And we our schedule never ever ever goes to plan. No. You uh, might not hear for us for another six months. Yeah. But we well we we hope to come out with a uh, Either episode one nineteen or one twenty, depending on how the schedule goes, will be our yearly and anniversary fright fest episode. Yeah, well, we should try our best to make that one twenty. Yeah, it's that's, always yeah, nice when it's a round a number, even, even number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably don't have to say any of that. No, I don't have to say any of that. So <laughs> but that's a wee peek behind the curtain. We don't have any. We don't have any airs and graces on this show. We don't try to pretend that we're some polished outfit. 
You know, we are what we are. <laughs> Scotland versus Evil. In your area. Fucking... Twitter. Yeah, boy! Whoop, whoop. And on that note, goodbye. Au revoir. Like a monster with me Like a fear, like a dog